The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gam Podcast now are presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. For boosted same game parlays to live in game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get an extra $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the DGen Dance. Our March Madness bankroll contest is back, free to enter, and $1,000 in cash and prizes up for grabs. Plus, we've got first half under bingo enter both contests on the sgpn app and welcome everybody to the tennis gambling podcast from the sports game podcast network it is currently very early friday morning march 17th and i'm your host as always scott reichel once again going solo for this pod and it is time to switch gears a little bit for the show because of the interesting schedule at Indian Wells. Since the men's side officially finished the quarterfinals on Thursday night, they have a day off for Friday, and they'll be back for the semis on Saturday. So instead, we do have tennis on, but it is going to be only the women. And for that reason, we are going to go through the Indian Wells semifinal matches in the WTA. So it should be fun. We're going to recap the tournament so far up to this point and then get into our picks for the two very, very intriguing matchups based on the level of talent that we're expecting to see here in the Friday matches. But before we get into anything involving the women's side, do want to recap how we did on the last show. We did very well. Ended up sweeping the board. We won the lock and dog. We had the under half a tiebreak or no tiebreakers in the Tiafo Nori match at minus 120, and that ended up winning. And we also had Tiafo on the money line at plus 140. So overall, nice win. Really never in doubt on either side. Straight sets win for, for Tiafo, and definitely a nice sweep there. However, bit of a somber note with that match because we did have Nori to win the quarter at 7-1. to one. Hopefully you hedged. And unfortunately for me in particular, which I've mentioned several times in previous episodes, I ended up parlaying a couple of our quarter outright picks, and I had Sinner parlayed with Nori and that was 45 bucks to win about 1200 Sinner officially won his quarter yesterday in a three-set thriller against Fritz, which we actually had that exact situation. We thought that Sinner would win in three, and we thought that it would go over, and that's exactly what happened. But the point is, Sinner won, so we did cash that quarter outright as well. But unfortunately, the parlay ended up losing because of one match, which is especially heartbreaking. It is what it is, though, and we ended up winning the lock and dog. So let's keep it rolling here for the WTA semis uh, on Friday night. But don't really have much more to add in terms of recaps or anything like that because uh, the men's side recaps of the quarterfinal matches will save for the episode tomorrow night. So in case you didn't realize, I'm going to do the women's episode today for the semis. Then I will do the men's episode for um, Friday night. And then for Saturday night, I'll do two separate episodes. I'll do a women's breakdown and a men's breakdown for the final, because both of those finals are going to be on Sunday. So either way, time to actually start the recap for Indian Wells on the women's side. You have Swiatek here. Is anybody surprised? No, she's the best player in the world, and she's had a very, very easy go of it up to this point. Was a bit shocking that she ended up losing a match in general, but she ended up losing to Krajikova in Dubai, and then ever since then, she's looked dominant. Uh, she's won every set. She has only lost more than four, more than three games in a set one time in this event, and that was a tiebreaker 
against Adrescu in the second round, but she won the tiebreaker 7-1 anyway. But Swiatek has looked dominant. Uh, she won her match yesterday in straight sets comfortably in about an hour and 20 minutes. Meanwhile, Rabakin has had a bit of a tougher go of it. Uh, she's only dropped one set, but she's had a couple of tiebreakers, ended up beating Kennan, uh, 7 6 7 6, then beat Badoza, 6 3 7 5, then had an easy win in her third match, and then had an absolute war against Mukova as she ended up winning that match in three sets. And that match ended up taking a total of two hours and 45 minutes. And that was yesterday, so there's no days off, and now she has to play against the number one player in the world. I think it's a really bad scheduling spot for Abakana, and I do think that it explains why Swiatek is such a big favorite, but I'll get into the odds on that in a second. The point is, Swiatek's here, not a big surprise. Rabakin is here, not a big surprise, because she just made the Australian Open final. And on the other side, you have Sabalenka, who won the Australian Open final, so it's definitely not surprising that she's in a final that she's in the semis of Indian Wells because it's a hardcore tournament and she's a very good hardcore player. And then you have Sakari, who has been solid as well, another top ten player. Can't say that I'm totally shocked she's here either. So four very, very solid players in the semis. And you really haven't had that many insane upsets because of it. You might have had a uh, somewhat surprising one here or there. But for the most part, it's been relatively chalky. I feel like that's pretty safe, the way to describe it. You had an upset loss for Pagula, and she lost earlier in this event uh, to Kvitova. But at the end of the day, that was a hell of a match, too. She ended up losing 13-11 in the tiebreak. Uh, but at the end of the day, you saw her survive against Patapova. And then she immediately lost after that in the three-set war against Kvitova. But Kvitova's been around for a long time, very solid player. So it was an upset in theory, but that wasn't exactly a shocker by any means. But you have four really good players left, and I think as a result, you should see a lot of high-quality tennis. And we're going to talk about where to make some money on it. So as Casey haven't realized, this will be a relatively short episode because it was two matches to go through. And I feel like one of them, at least, is pretty straightforward. So I'm going to start off with the early match, going in chronological order. So you end up having the Sabalenka soccer rematch taking place first. And that match should be taking place at roughly uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time. And for this matchup, you're seeing Sabalenka as a decent favorite here. Sabalenka is around minus 290. So uh, Sakari is around plus 245. For the spread, Sabalenka is around three and a half or four and a half. Three and a half is minus 145. And four and a half is even money. And Sakari plus three and a half is plus 115. Plus four and a half is minus 120. Uh, besides that, you also have the over under where it's 20 and a half at minus 125. And it is 21 and a half at plus 105. Those are the lines for the overs. As for the unders, under 20 and a half is minus 105. And under 21 and a half is minus 125. Now for the sets, you can get uh, Sabalenka to win in straight sets of minus 110. Sakari to win a set of minus 120. And the over under two and a half sets is plus 155. So to go through the head to head here, it has been a very competitive head to head series as Sabalenka is currently up four to three. However, I have to point out that Sabalenka was, keyword was, up 4-1, to one, and then uh, Sakari kind of flipped the script on the head-to-head -head series and won each of the last two meetings. So I think at the end of the day, you might see uh, Sakari have moments in this match. Now, she's had a lot of marathon matches, so I am a little bit worried about fatigue, but I'm also kind of intrigued by the over because of how many three-setters she's been to. But Sakari is here because she's won four matches, 
All four matches have gone two, three sets. Beat Shelby Rogers, beat Kalanina, ended up beating Pliskova, and beat Kvitova. I think you'll probably see her get into another war here with a player that she's currently 3-4 against in the head-to-head, but she has done well winning the last two in the head-to-head. So I think it's a pretty good battle, and Sabalenka has definitely improved. We know that her strokes are extremely powerful, and I think both players will have moments. But you're looking at Sabalenka. She's had a relatively easy go of it. She did drop a set to Krajikova, which she won in that. Uh, she won the match, but Krajikova ended up taking a set off of her. But the point is, you're looking at her last couple of matches, and three of her last five matches have gone to three sets. So I think you can argue that there is going to be some value there. But to go through the actual head-to-head meetings, I talked about how it was four-three. To go into the actual scores here, uh, Sakari did win last year in the WTA Finals, six-two, six-four. Uh, ended up winning in the WTA Finals in 2021. That one was an absolute war. Each of the first few sets went to a breaker, and then Sakura ended up winning the third set, 6-3. Then you had a couple of dominant performances from Sabalenka, where she won in Abu Dhabi, 6-3, 6-2, and she won in Qatar, 6-3, 6-0. But then she did also win in Dubai in 2020 in three sets, and Sabalenka won in straight sets in 2019, and they also played in the Western and Southern Open, and Sakari ended up winning that one in three sets. So the point is, you've seen a couple of marathon matches here, and based on Sakari's recent form, and based on Sabalenka's form, and how they match up head-to-head, I expect to see another competitive battle. I think 290 is an, an absurd price when the head-to-head's 4-3. to three. And once again, Sakari's won each of the last two meetings, and she's plus one. She's plus two forty-five. So I don't agree with those odds at all. I think Sabalenka should be favored, but I think it should be closer to around minus two twenty, minus two thirty. I think two ninety is way too high, and I do think there might be a little bit of value there on Sakari plus the four and a half games. As for the total, I like the over. I think got a decent shot at potentially getting three sets. And if you look at the matches, there have been a couple of tiebreakers in the first set, so there is a decent chance you get thirteen games in a set. And if that's the case, you're basically home free for the total. But for the sake of this match, I think Sabalenka is going to win. But I really expect this to be a war. And I think that Sakari plus four and a half games is probably worth a look. But the point is, I do think that the over and the underdog on the spread, at least, are probably good ways to go about this match. But if you want to go ahead and take the uh, money line and you're expecting Sakari to win, Potentially be prepared to be disappointed, but then again, it's a shot that you're trying to take, and I think there's a pretty good value on it. So that's going to wrap it up for that semifinal. Now it's time to move on to the other one, which is going to be Rabakana against Swiatek, which is a phenomenal match. Swiatek being the number one player in the world and the best female tennis player for a while at this point against Rabakana, who won Wimbledon last year and ended up losing in the Australian Open final to... Uh, Sabalenka, but in that Australian Open tournament, uh, Rabakana actually beat Swiatek in straight sets, 1-6-4-6-4. So for me, I'm looking at my favorite plays for this match. Just read through the lines, by the way. Swiatek is also 4.5, minus 120. Rabakana plus 4.5 is even money. Uh, Swiatek money line is minus 460, and Rabakana money line is around plus 360 as well. Uh, that's basically it. Rabaka in a plus five and a half games is minus 165. So if you could find a five, then you could probably find that somewhere in the 135 range, 140. And for the total, I see 30, I see 21 on the dot is plus 113. Under is minus 133. I also see over 21 and a half games of plus 110. Under 21 and a half games is minus 140. And I also end up seeing the sets 
three sets is plus 185. Swiatek to win in straight sets is minus 140. Rabakina to win in a set is plus 110. So starting off with the overall path that each player's had, Swiatek has had a much easier go of it because you're looking at how long Swiatek has been on the court compared to Rabakina is not even close. Swiatek's been in and out of pretty much every match. She's won in straight sets, so she didn't have to go to a decider, which helps. But you're looking at the actual time on court in this event, and Swiatek's been on the court for 5 hours, 59 minutes. Rabakin has been on the court for 7 hours and 49 minutes. So an hour 50 time difference, and I mentioned it briefly before that Rabakin is off of a massive war against Mukova, where it took two hours and 40 plus minutes, and there's no day off in between. And Swiatek finished her match in roughly half the time. I think that has to give an edge to Swiatek anyway. But I do think Swiatek will probably win this match. I just think that she's in such great form, and I do think that Rabakina might be very tired after that battle against Mukova. But at the end of the day, I think you'll see Swiatek probably win 2 nothing, and I think you'll probably see this match go under. I just see Swiatek once again looking dominant. You can argue that she'll be extra motivated because of how the Australian Open ended for her when she was the prohibitive favorite to win the event as she lost to Rabakina. I think that it's a bit of a bad matchup for Rabakina because she does hit with a lot of power, but the Indian Wells courts have been playing pretty slow. So I think that I, that's actually going to help Swiatek because of her court coverage. I'm going to link to Swiatek. I think she'll get the job done, but I'm also going to take the over in this. Sorry, I'm going to take the under. My bad, I misspoke. I'm going to take the under. 21 and a half games into this match. Uh, this is the fourth head-to-head -head meeting. Each of the first three meetings had a less than 22 games, and each of the first three meetings ended in straight sets. And we saw each player win in straight sets. Swiatek did it originally, then Rabakina did it a couple of months ago, basically, at the Australian Open. So with each player being capable of winning 2-0, and with Swiatek's current form, and the fact that 13 of Swiatek's last 14 matches have had less than 22 games, I think it's a good price of minus 125, and I do think that it makes extra sense since 13 of Swiatek's last 14 matches have had less than 22 games. That just sounds absurd, but I kind of have to say it. And the main concern you might have with an under here is either a three-setter or a tie-break. And I just mentioned how there have been no three-setters in their head-to-head -head history. However, I do have to bring up the tiebreaker angle because that is definitely a concern for some. However, based on the odds, I do think it's worth the risk because no tiebreaker in this match is roughly minus 330. So if you're not going to expect a tiebreaker, that means you basically need just a serve fest here, and you're hoping for about 7-5. And even if there is a tiebreak, if Swiatek ends up losing the first set, ends up winning the first set, 7-6. And then we see Rabakina run out of gas. There's a decent chance that Swiatek could just come in and immediately win a, win a set 6-2, and you win anyway. But for me, I think that there's going to be some value on the total, so I will go with the under in this matchup. I think Swiatek's going to win, though, so I'm not going to make a case for Rabakina to win after that marathon match. But it's going to wrap it up for the actual uh, breakdowns of the Indian Wells WTA semifinals, but now it's time to have a quick word from our sponsors. WinBet, the official online sportsbook of the SportsCam Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and a ton of other states. And March Madness is here. So many ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100 and get an extra $100 with the state availability. And of course, for DGENs only out there, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. So I'm going to choose from, and all I have to do is head over to winbet.com or download the WinBet app. Offer subject to change. Terming conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough women is available. 
available. If you or somebody knows a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by the SGPN DGEN Dance. Our March Madness bankroll contest is back. Free to enter and $1,000 in cash and prizes up for grabs. Plus, we've got first half under bingo where you could win an SGPN gift card. Enter both contests on the SGPN app. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is heating up for March Madness. College Pick'em is a great way to get in on the action, especially if your bracket is busted. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props. Head over to UnderdogFantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. It's UnderdogFantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished breaking down the semifinal matches in Indian Wells on the women's side. Now it's time to get into the lock and dog picks. Starting off with the lock, I'm going to go back to the play that I just mentioned between Swiatek and Rabakana, and I will go with the under 21.5 games, a minus 125. At the end of the day, fourth head-to-head meeting, each of the first three went under. You've seen each player win in straight sets before. Uh, so either player is capable of winning by relatively convincing fashion. And 13 of Swiatek's last 14 matches have had less than 22 games. You're looking at the fatigue adva- the t- fatigue disadvantage that Robachna is dealing with. I think Swiatek probably rolls and gets revenge for Australian the Australian Open. So give me the under 21.5 games in the Robachna and Swiatek match as my lock. And for my dog, I'm going to pivot over to the Sabalenka and Sakari match. And I thought about taking the over in sets. Uh, especially with the current price point of around plus 155. However, I decided to play it safe because I can, unlike the Rabaka and a Swiatek match, I can see a breaker being somewhat reasonable in this match. And I think if that's the case, I think I'm better off just taking the over, especially at 21 and a half games. Because if you end up getting 7 6 6 3, you still win. There's a chance it goes three sets, which is high, which is somewhat possible because they've played seven times and it's 4 3 in the head to head. But for me, I'll sacrifice the roughly 50 cents of uh, disparity in price because you can get two and a half sets at plus 155. You can get over 21 and a half games at plus 105. But I do think a tiebreaker is. I don't want to say probable, but I can definitely visualize it. And with that being the case, I think the overs are pretty safe play, especially a plus money. So once again, plays are going to be the under 21 and a half games in the Swiatek and Rabakana match of minus 125 and the over 21 and a half games of plus 105 in the Sabalenka and Sakari match. Other than that, though, it's going to wrap it up for this episode. We're back once again for Friday night going through the men's semifinal matches. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.